No. Well, then I guess we can get started. Okay, welcome. This is the Petaluma Planning Commission. It's Tuesday, August 28th. And we'll start with roll call. Please. Abercrombie? Present. Elias? Here. Harris? Present. Johnson? Here. Kearney? Pierre? Here. And Wolpert? Here. Okay, next item is the approval of the minutes from our last meeting, which was August 14th. Do I have a motion? I'll make to a approve? motion to approve minutes. A second? Second. Okay, all those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Abstain? Okay. Also. Abstain. Okay. Two abstentions, four approvals. Okay, um, public comment. This is for items that are not on the agenda tonight. Is there anybody here? Okay, moving on to correspondence. No correspondence. Okay, planning manager's report. Um, a couple things. Just wanted to let everyone know that an appeal was filed today for Deer Creek Village. So that will be moving up to the council. No date has been set yet, but um, that did come in today, which was the last day of appeal. Um, the building permit for the target building has been issued. So that will be the first um, actual structure out on that site. So that's um, moving along. Um, I had um, some questions about a couple CIP projects that I wanted to give an update on. The first one being Sonoma Mountain Parkway. Um, there's a repaving project happening there. Um, it's basically bad pavement needs fixed. It's going to improve um, the roadway, the wear and tear on cars. Um, that is the paving is started this week uh, and it should be completed midweek and then striping about a week later. And then the other one was the East Washington Interchange Project and this is to address future traffic demands, improve traffic safety and it's expanding the northbound off-ramp from two lanes to four lanes and um, the work at the Regency Center impacting Washington Street is expected to be completed prior to Thanksgiving. Expect to finish up paving the outside lane pending some Caltran coordination. Uh, next week they'll start the median week. So the median work and that'll take about three to four weeks. So that's what's happening there. And then finally the Petaluma Road Diet. And that basically the situation there was we had um, four lanes and then parking on each side and all of those were substandard. And so that project is taking it down to a total of three lanes and parking on each side that will all meet the standards. And that project improves mobility and safety um, on that and also um, it will reduce sideswiping accidents, which happen when the lanes are too small, um, reduce or uh, improve comfort for bikes and peds. So those are those three projects. Is there a timeline on that one? Let's see. Work is expected to begin next week on the curb ramps. And they don't have a detailed schedule with the contractor yet, but it's expected to be completed prior to Thanksgiving holidays. Okay. And that's all I have. We don't have anything scheduled as of right now for the um, September 11th meeting. Oh, thank you. So um, a couple questions. Who filed the appeal to the um, Deer Creek proposal? Petaluma Neighborhood Association. Okay. And then for the building permit, does that mean now they've, um, is that the trigger for them paying the um, development fees? So um, with East Washington Place, they're paying them by each building. So... Um, I believe, don't hold me to these exact numbers, but I believe the target building permit was about six million. Um, so all the impact fees for that building came in with that one and they'll do them building by building. So is there a building in the queue or, I mean, I think they proposed so that target would be in first, but now that we've right. got signed leases, what should we expect to see at there's, the site? There's a couple of the smaller shops. I believe it's, I believe it's three, four and eight are ready for issuance. Then there's a couple more that are going through the plan check. So they're kind of, okay. they're in line and, and being processed. Good. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, any liaison reports? PBAC tree committee. Okay. Okay. A public hearing. Um, this is a site plan and architectural review for a new single family house at 521st street, which is inside the central um, Petaluma specific plan area. 
So we'll have a staff report now. Thanks. Just that. Uh, good evening, Planning Commissioners. Tiffany Robb, Planning Division. Uh, so before you tonight is the site plan and architectural review for the proposed barred single-family residence at 521st Street. The immediate neighborhood is mixed use in nature with Kretzky signs across 1st Street, Luma Restaurant just to the north and a single-family restaurant just to the south. Also, Petaluma River um, to the east and the Foundry Wharf to the south. The parcel is undeveloped. It's a particularly narrow lot with only 32 feet of width. It's within the Riverfront Warehouse District of the Central Petaluma Specific Plan Area. There's one tree on the site. It's an existing 80-foot tall, 44-inch diameter coast redwood, and the project has been designed to retain that tree. This photo is taken from the site across 1st Street to the Kresge Sign Building. And in this photo, you can see the redwood tree and the neighborhood pattern of buildings close to the property line but set back enough to accommodate windows. And in this photo you see that similar pattern close to the property line but set to accommodate windows on the south side here as well. And you also see those utility poles um, right there at the street on the northern part of the property. And here you see the missing sidewalk segment at the property, which of course will be um, added in with this project. And this photo montage shows the proposed three-story single-family residence with the one-car garage and workshop space on the ground floor and just under 1,700 square feet of living space on the second and third floors. The, the front facade sits right at the back of the sidewalk with the garage entry recessed six feet. The house sits five feet from each side property line to accommodate those operable windows. And on the south side, the entry stairs are approximately seven inches from the south side property line. In phase two, improvements uh, may include decking and stairs at the rear of the house on each level and a deck and solar panels on portion of portions of the roof and a utility shed with attached covered patio five feet from the rear property line. The project is consistent with the general plan and with the intent of the CPSP and the detailed CPSP smart code requirements. The SMART code requirements um, include being consistent with requirements like lot layout, setback minimums and maximums, building frontage type, required extent of building coverage along the sidewalk, and number of stories. Because the lot is narrow and small, the on-site parking space is proposed six feet behind the front building wall rather than the 20 feet specified by the CPSP. CPSP. Strict compliance with this standard would have resulted in non-compliance with other requirements and policies and resulted in a less attractive and less land efficient lot arrangement. As you saw, the architect's solution was to accommodate the parking space in a garage with the garage door offset from the front wall of the house by six feet. And happily, the CPSP parking section anticipated such an occurrence and allows the Planning Commission to modify an element of the parking section in a case like this where the proposed design is found to be safe, convenient, land efficient, and attractive. The project is consistent um, to CEQA with impacts evaluated in the CPSB's EIR and categorically exempt pursuant to the single family home section. The project was noticed in the local newspaper and we did not receive any comments regarding the project. Staff recommends that the Planning Commission conduct the required public hearing and adopt a resolution approving site plan and architectural review for the Bard residence at 521st Street. The architect Wayne Miller has a presentation for you next and he'll tell you more about the proposed materials. Um, before I moved on to that, I wanted to ask if you had any questions for planning staff. 
Commissioner Abercrombie? I just wanted to understand what was the CPS, um, sorry, this uh, CPSP's goal in having the 20 foot um, parking setback from the property line. What was the thinking behind that or the logic? Yeah. Um, with a lot this narrow, it's really hard to see. Okay. Um, the CPSP was, I think, envisioning larger uh, development patterns where you would have a driveway and then a, a large number of parking behind. So it wasn't looking at a narrow lot or a single family house in particular. Okay. Um, yes. It was more like the Celsius 44 where they wanted to see residential or like more of an articulated <coughs> front and then the parking behind. Is that? I think so. There's also another thing going on in the CPSP where they have different levels of streets and over half of the streets in the CPSP wouldn't require the 20 foot setback like G Street okay. um, that I mentioned in the staff report. The IRA garage could be even with the house. So they sort of have these different levels of streets. Um, First Street sort of falls in between. Um, and so the Celsius project, um, you know, of course they're, they're always different, but um, I think that the tiering was really envisioning more of a parking lot at the back or tuck under a podium kind of parking situation, which this project, because it's so narrow, it, in essence, it is the podium kind of idea based on how narrow the lot is. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Commissioner yes. Lewis? Sorry. Oh. Sorry, look into my right. Thank you. Nice to see you again. Thank you, Dennis. The podium here. Um, I have a, a little technical question about the setback that's six feet for the parking and being in the CPSB and the question is relative to smart code, and smart code applies to this, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And when you are facing a situation that doesn't quite fit smart code, I think there's, there are things called warrants. Would this be one of those kinds of situations that a warrant would be written for this kind of thing to happen? Um, I would say generically in another situation where we have warrants such as um, the draft document now for the station area plan, we might use a warrant. In this case, I'd say maybe we were lucky because in, instead there was a specifically written um, language that said here is an exemption that applies specifically oh, okay. to parking based on these findings. So we were able to make that. So with regard to this project, it was particularly convenient that that was already so in the code there. and I think it was because we have we acknowledged some depending on different lot configurations mm -hmm. the standards could really lead to odd things okay um, uh, two other questions one has to do with the tree mm -hmm. and the um, I read the report the arborist report on that right. said it's a healthy tree basically um, this tree given its size has been there for quite a few years and the, the development has gone on around it and now this is probably the final encroachment on the on that tree and is being locked into a small area. And in the arborist's letter he indicated that he didn't see any problem with that. Eventually something is going to happen to that tree. And I'm wondering is there anything that is going to be put in place so that this tree has the um, environment and the opportunity to still thrive and for how long will that go? What is, what's the expected longevity of this tree? I can't say that I know longevity um, of a redwood. I mean we certainly see them live extensively in the I wild know. but I don't think in urban setting they tend to um, have the same yeah. lifespan. So your question, we have protection um, in place for the construction periods, which will include the house and if they're done at a separate time, the decks and shed. So those are to protect the tree during construction um, impacts. After that, it becomes the same as any uh, tree. So um, we don't have we haven't thought through, and I, I, I still can't think through a means of saying that if it were to perish in 20 or 50 years, mm -hmm. that 
you know, I'm not sure what the It'll, next it would have to be step taken is out. there. Uh, right. And I, 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 when you were mentioning, I think it is helpful that this um, house is set back the five feet so that you can, we'll be able to get in and out of the backyard, both in order to do mulching or if that tree ever does have to come down in order to get it out. And there, also, um, there is access. Well, they have that five, the five foot setback on, on each side, particularly the north side. And then cleverly, there's actually a roll up um, garage type door, both on the front and the back, I imagine, to be able to get building materials and other supplies through that garage and then workshop. I, I mean, yeah, I appreciate that. and. I'm just concerned that this tree eventually is going to come out and it's going to be, there's going to be a, a financial burden on whoever owns this property at the time. And I'm, I think that, you know, saving the tree is a good idea, but I'm not sure that saving it where it is, is the best for, for the project. And it, of course it's private property, but I see that tree eventually becoming an issue for this project and I don't know if it could be reconsidered for you know mitigating that with plantings on the front side that well it was the or if the, or if the owner sees some benefit in having that tree in there because it's yeah the owner did it was his um, uh, decision to propose the project with the tree and the um, plantings on the front where the house set that near the only spot that we have to plant a tree is that one um, spot that you can see there next to the street which you mm -hmm. will be planting a street tree there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I just would think that that'd be some more consideration given to that and since it's, it's an opportunity now to do something else uh, I don't I mean if this if this goes to approval tonight from the body, the commission body, doesn't mean that the tree can't at some point be taken out. Is that right? Um, after the construction period is completed, if the owner wanted to remove the tree at that time, you'd be subject to the same requirements as anyone with a redwood um, in, their, in their yard, which is that it is a protected tree so they would need to provide documentation that it was failing, was a structural hazard, something like that. It's protected as and under what conditions? It's protected. It's, um, it's a native tree more than I think it is 16 inch diameter is the requirement. So it's pretty much all the oak trees in the coast live oak. Um, and okay. there's so one, it's one of the California indigenous Bay, I think. Mm -hmm. trees. Okay. Right. Okay. And then. Um, Last qu did you have a comment about the trees that oh, you wanted just to gonna, plant? Yeah, I was just going to point out I did talk to a couple of friends in the neighborhood and they told me that they were really excited that the tree was staying oh. and that it actually provides privacy in that area because it is a tight-knit community. And it also most recently was part of a, some nesting birds in the area that are rare. Were, I don't remember right now what it was, but they were really excited that the tree was staying because it did serve a big need in the neighborhood and it helped create more habitat yeah. for yeah. for birds in that area. So let's, I just wanted let's to table discussion until a little bit later, after, okay. and then let's go to keep, yeah. Let's continue okay. our questions. So the last the last question I has has to do with the um, the fenestration on the north elevation and how th how those line up or hopefully don't line up with the fenestration on the south side of the existing buildings. Mm -hmm. I'll ask the architect to address that. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Johnson? Yeah, getting back to the tree again, I spoke to a friend of mine who was an arborist up in Oregon where they have quite a bit of that, and he was surprised we had urban redwoods, in fact. He said that's kind of unusual. I said, well, it's a very congested area, too, but I think it's great. I mean, I wish it could stay there. But as he explained to me, redwoods root about four to six feet under the ground, and if it's a real hard soil like adobe, it's closer to the four maybe even three, and they branch out 125 feet. Now this is a mature redwood, so some of that might have already been determined, and I'm not looking for a reason to get rid of it, but 125 feet, not knowing what roots do when they get that far, was that an issue to the owner? And does it matter to us if he suddenly has to do something to his shed or something because 
the redwood root was close enough to the surface? Is there any foundation issue? Well, the arborist, uh, yeah, um, I mean, my, in my own experience, um, foundations overly close to redwood roots are problematic in our street tree guidelines. It won't allow a redwood um, unless you have, in a planter strip, unless you have a 12-foot right. width. So you need quite, quite a bit. But again, that's 12 feet with a trunk in the middle. Um, so this area is much larger than, than that. Um, the arborist was looking at the health of the tree rather than the health of structures. Um, so, Well, that's, that's more a, on the owner. I mean, that's not something we would have to say. Well, if something happens to your shed, it happens to your shed. It's yours. Right. But I was just surprised, and I walked a lot a couple of times. I couldn't tell if I was bigger or the house was going to be bigger, but uh, it's a small lot, and the redwood tree is gorgeous back there. Yeah, I think that the um, benefit of the tree is that it creates this, a lot of um, privacy and screening to the, that neighborhood that's pretty tight. The, prop, the house um, just to the south, wrong way has, um, you see all the, the other redwood trees, they're not as tall as this one, but they, he has, I'd say, five to 12 redwood trees on that Carson Bell um, property, again, that are smaller, planted perhaps when the house was constructed 25 years ago, would be my guess. Thank you. It's Commissioner Wilpert. Uh, quick question on, um, actually, that slide right there, or the one that shows where the, um, Two sidewalks are not connected, but that mm -hmm. but that vault that's um, yeah right there. Um, the vault that's closer to the opposite sidewalk. Yes. When I was out there, it looked like it was a little bit raised. Is that going to be an issue to get that vault flush with the sidewalk when it's uh, completed? Can you can you come up to the microphone, or we'll hold the question until okay. architect? Yeah, up? Wayne was just okay? saying that they do they have to adjust it in field when they install the sidewalk. Okay, I'll hold the question. Okay, I, I have a question just about um, and sorry, this is a horrible question. Um, is this in front of us because of the variance related to parking? Mm, or no, I mean, there's not a variance re regarding relating to parking. Um, so because of the the CPSP. Um, has heavy design review responsibilities <coughs> put on it and the more uh, urban nature of the project in a high visibility area. The um, new structures in the CPSP have, um, I guess I'll say historically, so since 2003 when it was adopted and, and up to this point, um, but really I mean a few years ago because we haven't had anything like this mm -hmm. quite recently. Um, this was the procedure that we followed, but if you wanted to give guidance that you, um, you know, aren't interested at the commission level to see projects this small, then that would be good feedback for us to know. Okay. So this was just kind of a staff call regarding, okay, it's in the CPSV. We have historically provided this to commission for SPAR review, and so we'll do it here. Okay. Yeah, I okay. would say so. I mean, most single-family homes, if there's no controversy, we don't take them to planning commission, but they're in a very different kind of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It's very residential. Um, yes, so I think you described it well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I guess we're ready for the architect's presentation. Okay. Good evening, commissioners. My name is Wayne Miller, and I'm the architect uh, for this project. Before we look specifically at the project, let's kind of put it in some context. Um, I actually was kind of privileged to sit on this, the Central Petaluma Specific Advisory Committee when this was formulated. And those, what we were 
pre preparing that, we walked the city and looked at different things, and it, we all really loved the warehouse district, and we're really concerned about how we've tried to preserve one of the really unique areas in Petaluma, its general character. Um, the architectural guidelines uh, are at the right here, and I'm not going to belabor a lot of time in looking at each photograph, but just looking at some of the structures that exist in this area, once again, very simplified forms, many of them with gables, very rusticated forms, um, a variety of shapes and forms, but still often very front and close to the street, boxy in character. Some of the newer buildings as well. Foundry Wharf, which was really a pace setter in terms of a re repurposing and reusing some of the structures in the area. Once again, the nicely planted edge of Foundry Wharf. And of course, some of the newer developments which have tried to pick up on those themes for residential and higher density further down First Street. And this structure to the south was a very early um, inhabited, a residential inhabitant that sort of broke the mold, if you will, in sort of traditional forms. And it's a, I think it's one of the most interesting structures in Petaluma because it was so off the wall. It's so different and so interesting. It, I think, should be applauded for a lot of reasons. It sort of began to open up the area for experimentation. It, it by its very character, it's a very artistic building. And, it, and as a result of that, it sort of begins to define the whole area, not just as a warehouse use, but also as an area for artistic experimentation uh, in Petaluma, as opposed to some of the more con traditional forms that we found elsewhere in the city. And then uh, the Tatum uh, development that's uh, along the adjacent street and with the, with the resident, residential above and ground level uh, restaurant. These forms are a little bit more developed, not quite so boxy, but still using uh, similar forms and in, in some of the same uh, corrugated metal and combining those with stucco. Here's an aerial view of the neighborhood, kind of looking at its immediate neighbors once again. You can see the Tatum projects to the left, and in the right dead center and everything, of course, is the, is the redwood tree, very dominant and an interesting in itself, we, we really w have wrestled with the fact about whether to retain the redwood tree or to take it out, but it is such, in a sense, it's such a valuable piece of ecology uh, that still in this sort of urban area, the fact that if we can preserve it, uh, we decided that we really wanted to try to do that. And of course, that drove many of the design decisions about, well, where do you put the building and how, and how big could it be? Here's a an aerial view of a model that I built uh, down to the, let me get out my little pointer here. Um, here's the house, here's the redwood tree, but you can see, begin to see how the, in terms of looking at the overall, how the, the building is positioned with respect to the surrounding buildings. To the north again, the, uh, you can see how far that residence actually sits back from the street, whereas Tatum's building, of course, is right on the edge of the sidewalk. And so the question then is, you know, some of the design issues is, well, exactly how do we begin to treat this building with respect to its two neighbors? How does it fit in? How does it begin to translate between this very eclectic style on the one hand and the more urban sort of larger boxy forms on the other? Um, here's a, a streetscape that's, uh, that shows each sort of building. What I tried to do in these two things is an essentially sort of bridge stylistically and also in terms of building mass. While this building is three stories, it's not quite as high as the adjacent three stories. While this is only two. So there's a sense in which it's sort of a transition between uh, the older house and the more uh, urban and the commercial on the other side. The roll-up doors are glazed, giving it a sense of transparency and openness, so there's not quite sort of the blockiness of it. In the specific plan itself, uh, there are several frontage types that are sort of available for design, but they work well when you have a larger site, but they don't always necessarily apply. And so what we had to do here was to try to look beyond just uh, a sort of rigid application of, say, a storefront and awning or a, uh, uh, 
you know, a stoop type building because we do, the site really doesn't lend itself to those things. But sort of what's behind that, particularly with respect to the residential, the general notion of having a stoop or a uh, transition is to create a, a transitional area between the, the actual public way of the sidewalk and where you might have a residential structure. The, this building is, of course, set back quite a bit. This is a commercial frontage and really wants to be right at the edge of the street. So we wanted to create something that has somewhat the same kind of feeling and scale of the ground floor commercial to the one next to it. At the same time, I wanted to be able to set the building back to give a sense of transition sort of between the public realm and the private realm at the same time. You, th this is not actually the entrance into the residence itself. It's the entrance, it's a glazed entrance that enters into the roll-up area for the garage area. My client, Greg, is an artist, and he really hopes to be able to not only to do his art on the project, but able to be able to display it within the building and around the building as he does it. That's one of the key design parameters for what we're trying to do. Once again, looking at the site plan and how it's kind of laid out, um, the main entrance actually, here's the setback to kind of create that sort of buffer zone from this public way. And yet at the same time, we create an entrance pathway that gives some screening that allows you to come up and actually enter the main living areas at the second level from the side of the building. We considered doing an interior stair, but the building is so narrow that to put that interior stair there really compromises what you can do in terms of the livability of the inside of the structure. And so the other thing is, is we're allowed under the code potentially to build all the way to the property line. But if we do so, because this building is so close, it really, really impacts them in terms of their light and ventilation. And it also and it would have made this building no windows <coughs> really possible because we would have been right on the property line. So setting, setting the building back, allowing those aisles, allows you to have, along this side, access to the rear, as, as well as Tiffany was pointing out, we have roll-up doors on both ends that allow that whole area to be opened up and potentially both materials and people to flow through the building as well as along the side. So ground floor, garage, and a workshop space for Greg as he, he works on his uh, sculpture projects. At the second level, you have entrance in the foyer, and we have a very large sort of a living great room concept, living dining with a bedroom at the, at the back. The windows positioned and such that you're really looking out directly at the redwood tree. The, you will see that in phase, this is all phase, phase one construction. Phase two begins to explore the possibility of extending one or more levels of decks off these main areas so that you can have a direct access to the deck and to the backyard visually is looking down. And this is, this creating the two phases is really an economic uh, strategy for the owner so that he can afford to do that over time. At the second level, at the loft level, you then have another bedroom looking down over a living room space now which is, you know, got very large tall volumetric ceiling and also then ultimately the possibility then is to use, one of the reasons we did not use a pitched roof was the possibility of using a flat roof gave us an opportunity to do potential PV on the roof but also the possibility of a rooftop garden or a rooftop deck that would have just an incredible view looking out towards the east in different ways without necessarily heightening the building greatly. The question of how one gets from the ground level up there are a couple of different options that we have proposed to do that. So here's, here's a, a, a view of the front of the building. It shows what, that the basic materials are essentially uh, is, is uh, metal siding on the building. And I've used two different patterns. I don't know if you can see it clearly in this one, but probably in this, in this one. I'm using a metal siding, but I'm running it horizontally in this case. And I'm also using a somewhat darker color. So you're creating a base for the building so that it is three stories, but then it begins to create this two top floors sitting on top of essentially a base that sort of supports it on the horizontal on the bottom. With the more vertical placed pattern of the, of, um, of the metal siding uh, on the top floors. You then would come up a stair on the side that's largely open, and this, uh, we're conceiving of this as I would like to use essentially a farmed Brazilian 
one of two farm Brazilian hardwoods. They have a dark, almost cherry color when finished. They're extremely resistant to rot. They're, they have a very sort of warm color. So you have in here with a very commercial, industrial character of the metal buildings, which is by a sort of nature a kind of hard, cold surface. I wanted to add into it uh, a sense of both of transparency and of sort of using the wood to sort of give it a friendlier, sort of softer, at the ground level, a sort of softer feeling. And we have been exploring back and forth with Tiffany and with ourselves is how do we also potentially add uh, maybe a planters or something that could grow up those so we can begin to use that as a kind of climbing surface for some, some greenery right at the, at the street level as well to kind of make it a, a more inviting flowering kind of character as we go up. So once again, here's the vacant lot. And then this shows that with the project infilled you can kind of see how that would feel then as one moves down through the, down the street. In terms of options looking at accessing different levels of the house, the basic phase one would have the windows, and I don't know if you're familiar with Foundry Wharf about what they've done is they often have windows that are there, but they're not really balconies. They just have a railing that allows you to open that up and get free airspace. But the idea here is depending upon time and money as things get built out, then a deck can be placed right off the secondary level that's right kind of in there. At the ground level, although I'm showing it here as sort of as a block, what we really, that's kind of a function of how the, the model was built. But where we're really envisioning there is not paving because of the proximity of the tree, but probably a crushed rock or gravel at the ground level that still allows for percolation and, and for sort of minimizes the impact on the root structure around the tree. At the second level, the basic structure one of two ways. We've looked at a spiral stairwell, uh, which is lighter, potentially nicer, but because we have different levels between, it, it's very difficult to do a spiral stairs that ends up quite in the right place. And if we were to take that up one, two, three, almost four stories, seismically and structurally, it's a much more complicated thing. So we, we think it can work pretty well for two stories. I'm not so sure as we get up, we'd have to really do a lot more sort of design study to see whether it can work from a, and just from a flow space. It also has a downside if we did this. It, you know, a stair coming out there can serve as a second means of egress. Uh, and if you're, you know, you're, you're trying, you've got something going in the kitchen and you want to come out to the backyard, carrying something in your hands while you're trying to go down a spiral staircase is quite difficult. So a switchback stair, where bigger, is safer. It is also more modular, so it could actually be added up in stages. I can design that so that it could be done in platforms, so you could maybe do an initial deck here and maybe at some future time add up or go to the roof as time and, and resources permit. Um, the idea is to use structural metal uh, framework so it's compatible with the metal siding and the industrial character, but use um, cable railing or something very light so you don't get a sense, quite a sense of mass, there's a sense of transparency as you're looking kind of through it. <clears throat> so there are two, these are two kind of sections that show what the corrugations are. This is the panel that would be used vertically. This is a panel that would be used horizontally. And unfortunately, colors don't show up all that well on this slide. But in general, this is a, um, there are, it's not galvanized in this traditional sense. They're both gray tones, but there are, it's a coated floor upon coating that holds up well and gives us a little bit of color variation that we can't necessarily get strictly out of just conventional galvanized. Once again, we're looking at, but we look actually at three things, not just these two. We looked also at the possibility of trying to find some, um, hardwood, some existing hardwood that we could recycle and use, um, you know, something would be resist, could be stained and sealed and resistant and, and would weather well over time. These again are um, two types of farmed Brazilian woods that are very hard and very durable and they look, they look very, have a very rich color. So that kind of concludes my tour and if you have any questions. Commissioner Wilpert. How'd you know? <laughs> um, actually, I, I commend you on this project and uh, your presentation. 
I think that this uh, exemplifies exactly what the River Warehouse District is, is asking for, and I think you've addressed all the uh, issues related to massing and height and the way you've planned it. Um, the only thing that I don't understand is the, the front facade. It appears to look like a shed roof, but yeah. it's really just a, it's a facade because you have the solar panels behind that. Why can't that be a shed roof over the open living space, preserving the flat roof in the back for the deck? And um, I'm just concerned that from the side, you're going to see the edge of that, and then it's the, the illusion's gonna be lost. Um, well, that's one way of looking at it. In truth, I did look at it that way, about splitting it sort of half and half. And you're right. You could put PV on the roof with a gable. Um, part of it was is that there's, it's a, not only a challenging site to build on, but it, it's a challenging site to build on economically. Mm -hmm. And um, with budgetary constraints, um, that, let me get to that. So yes, it, it isn't a, it's not a true gable because it doesn't have two sides as we've drawn it here. And yes, that might be more consistent. But I also wanted to do it. it it's to some degree sort of also relates to the to the to the building on the left, which doesn't f quite fit that form. It's got zigs and zags and angular walls and everything else. So it, it's kind of a homage to that a bit. But also it allows almost the entire roof to be flat and also to drain well, and also allows us to extend, even maybe have a larger. To, to play around a little bit more in terms of the amount that if there was a roof deck, how much is roof deck and how much is actually PV and something else. Um, I don't know if that answers your, your, your critique, but I think it could be either way, frankly. But, but we decided this might be an interesting <coughs> way to solve the problem. Okay. Thank you. Commissioner Abercrombie? Um, I just... I, I thought it, I looked at it as a counterbalance because I've been in the other house before and I, when I was looking at it I thought well it's going in the other direction and at least visually I, I could reconcile it that it seemed to me a little bit counterbalanced but I can see your point of view too that maybe as you look further along the side it, it might look inconsistent but I'm hoping that when I look at them side by side that you'll see that it's kind of weighted opposite in a way that it doesn't I don't know for me I thought it, it transitioned pretty well um, the wood, I was I was really happy with that. I, I appreciated that you softened that so it starts transitioning from industrial to residential. Um, as far as the planters go, I was trying to think in my mind how you were going to reconcile that without it going to something that wasn't in character with it. And I had a couple suggestions on that point. I myself right now I'm building some vertical gardens, yes. incorporating like air plants yeah. or cactuses. And I feel like that would lend itself really well here with a low maintenance. We just saw that on the Dare Creek project and I feel like it's something that's really when you have that little of a setback really to do planters might it might work better I don't we've, know we've had conversations about how to do this as a green wall and and also how to do it there but I think one of the the constraints is that you know once again is uh, kind of how do you how do you feed it where are the water's coming from and there's it's a difficult way to get it all the way to the ground. Another thing that we've also considered similarly is um, almost creating a, like a mini tree well up against the building that would have a, a conduit that's buried in, in the sidewalk, but then you could actually have a climbing vine that's rooted in the dirt that essentially sinks down below the sidewalk level and could begin to trail up. And could be So either something which is a true green wall, you know, we've looked at it, but you know, open to it and we were trying to figure but I, we, we haven't sort of solved the technical problems and we were a little hesitant to say we're going to do a green wall if we knew that weren't sure that we could get it to yeah. stay alive well, I was just going to suggest that that might be an option okay. I what, didn't what, want to tell you what to idea? do it just something what's something. your idea oh uh, just the vertical option if okay. you have limited space okay. that's something I'm experimenting with right now um, also I wanted to know if you were integrating any skylights or um, you know, any kind of paneling in the ceiling that would allow light into the, since you're limited on your side walls, if you were doing anything on the ceiling or are you reserving that all for deck, roof deck, or 
Is that anything you're considering? Because I didn't see it in the plans, and I was just wondering. So, I'm, I'm sorry, I lost. Any kind of light shafts or, um, you know, roof lighting? Oh, like, in, internally, I'm sorry, I didn't. Yes. Yeah, from from the ceiling, like some kind of shaft oh. or skylights or. Well, what are the, I don't know if it shows up in here very well. Let's go to the, these these windows, mm -hmm. one two three here and one two three there. Is. I don't think it showed up. Uh, come on. Over here. Oh, that's good. These windows, this is a, this internally is all one open volume. Okay. So these windows that now face east are actually a two-story facade of windows that look east. Because we're looking sideways, it's both a privacy issue because we there aren't even though the corner window here is relatively low at the second level, it doesn't really look directly on the adjacent room. So, and the stairs going up, we didn't want, I didn't want windows there, but I wanted high windows to have at least some light that's penetrating and comes down almost kind of cathedral-like from both sides. So you have a very tall volume that now has sort of side lights. Um, as far as putting skylights in or something in the roof. Yeah. Eh, it could or could not, but could also add to the heat gain to the interior space. And then you've got, and then I've got a sort of a thermal balancing problem that I have to deal with. Okay. So. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Commissioner Wilpert. If I just wanted to clarify one point, uh, that my objection isn't to the shape of that uh, front facade, you know, the slope going toward the other side. It's the fact that that's just a wall, not a, it's not the shape of the roof. The roof is flat. I'm not sure that was. Oh, so it's a hollow space. Right. Yeah. right. There's so nothing on the other side from, of that. Okay. Could you just go back to the slide that showed the, uh, okay. uh, the roof plan or the, uh, yeah, so the it's just that. PV yeah. panels on the roof? The parapet. You want? Yeah, it's just but, a fake front. Uh -huh. You'll need to come up to the podium if you would like to respond. We just have to have you on the microphone, but you're welcome. Come on up. <laughs> Whoop, there we go. Yeah. That right there. That shows it pretty well. Okay. Yeah. It's it's more parapet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I just want to make Thank you. I appreciate sure. that. All right. Thank you. Commissioner Johnson? It, 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 as much as anything, it was an economic choice because we could frame it very simply with straight trusses that come all the way across. Right. If I do a gable or a sub cross there, then I'm adding construction cost. So we were looking for a way to give it a sort of tie it back, but keep the cost down. That's all about down to. Two, yeah. Two questions, because I, I couldn't find a picture of the planter box anywhere throughout this to exactly represent what kind of space it took up and where it was. No, I'm I'm saying I, you were in discussion still. I understand that yeah. now, but I like the idea to Commissioner Abercrombie. Why not do something along the side? And there are there are products out there. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it. I have an immediate idea. We did see a living wall through, mm -hmm. and that's literally up a substantial amount. And it lives within it, and it doesn't have a lot of water uh, drainage, et cetera. You don't have the same space that they do there. So that may not be a suggestion, but a planter box stuck there in the middle with you got a pole there, and then I don't think it does anything aesthetically unless you're just trying to get more green into the project. And that's why, to me, what is behind the slats? Is it the gray wall, literally? Yes, the, actually, the metal actually extends all the way to the ground. It, that's it, the entire base is wrapped in the same metal siding. So the, your, therm, your thermal and your water barrier is the metal framing. The slats, I get a good front view of it. The slats just. The slats carry across essentially from almost from property line to property line. So here the slats pass in front of where the existing metal wall is. They actually wrap in and they also appear on the soffit as you walk up. So you can't really see it from that angle, but as you're looking up, you're also seeing a soffited wood soffit that comes up that all really extends back almost eight to ten feet. And then you would have you could have some uh, so, uh, soffited lighting, some indirect lighting that can wash down and create a pool of light in front of the building without extending out into the street or whatever. 
But in terms of the slats itself, this is a gate. This is also sort of transparent because as you enter, you enter, you go walk back towards the towards the roll-up door, turn left to get to the pathway of going up. So I wanted to provide use the slats not as a solid wall, which is sort of blocks vision and view, but enough of a wall do you have a sense of separation and privacy, yet you allow light to come through it, and you have different light patterns that can move can can come through a very simple form. That's kind of the idea of it. I don't know if that answers your question or not. Well, I'm just looking for alternatives, and again, it just a planter box, as I said, yeah. unless it's required to replace well, the second know, tree. I think I think we just have to have a discussion with, him, with my client to see what you know if he yeah. wants to, in the near term, invest that. But I think either here or along the side of the building on the, where you've got the walking path would be an interesting place to do it and a very straightforward place to do it really essentially as long as you come up with a workable system. Okay. Commissioner Harris. Hi. Um, I just, in, in the essence of full disclosure, I just want to mention that uh, Mr. Bard and I in passing met over the summer and he did mention that this project would be coming forward and that was the end of our dialogue. And I just had a few questions. In this uh, image, the material for the rooftop uh, area, what are we looking at? Because the, the white is throwing me off, and you're probably just representing that there will be some sort of railing up there. Yeah, it is a railing, and unfortunately, it, it's a, it was a kind of this image was a is a rendering of a of a digital model, and for, I, I'm still mastering this program a little bit. It sort of uh, renders things in whatever color it feels like sometimes, so that's not kind of the intention. It would be the same. It would be a, a metal finish. Uh, not a, it, similarly, you can see you also have a similar railing here. Right. It's a dark so something color similar to that. That's what I intend up Wonderful. here. Wonderful. I don't know why it ended up white. Truthfully, it, it's not supposed to be. Fair enough. And and I I will just mention that aesthetically, the stairwell, that pardon me, the circular certainly is more appealing to me. But um, ultimately, it. And depends on what works for you. And I wanted to just inquire. Um, I understand that staff did send out letters to you know 500 feet. Did you do outreach, Mr. Bard, to the immediate neighbors? Please come to the. Can you come up to the microphone, please? Yeah, the immediate neighbors basically got one of these. So I think maybe you got them. Oh. The immediate Sorry. neighbors got uh, a set of these. About 10, 10 neighbors worth. Great, and they're obviously all on board because we haven't heard otherwise. Uh, yeah, everybody I, that I've met is Wonderful. thrilled, including Tatum. I mean, he says, he says I'm excited. I'm like, God, he's more excited than I am. <laughs> that's that's well, wonderful. Uh, I also just want to inquire, I understand you're an artist. Will your space at some point, are you looking to have it be open to the public, or will it continue to be private and you'll just display your art in the immediate well, vicinity? I, the, the, I mean, my fantasy is the public is welcome, but um, the liability on that would probably uh, limit that. And just in passing, the I mean, I, I tend to work in um, metals, recycled metals, aluminum, stainless steel, and I kind of look at that dull Wright's upper side. Greenwall would be super, but I also in my fantasies see sculptures kind of hanging off of that. Well, great. I mean, I've, I've passed that lot many a time, and I, I hoped for something like this. So I commend you, your blending of the use of materials. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic addition to that neighborhood. And so thank you. Commissioner <coughs> Elias. Thank you. The the first thing I want to ask about are the two telephone poles. Okay. Why two? Why so two? close. Uh, because in PG&E's uh, logic, this is an appropriate solution to whatever they were figuring out. Um, there was one that was pre-existing, and I guess when they did some uh, extension of the lines in Fort Tatum's project, they added the second one. I think that we would have loved to see it go away, the one that's directly in front of the building. But apparently, um, maybe you have better information, but I think one of the issues was is that it can't really go underground, can't really do anything until some of the other development proceeds down First Street. So they were 
um, it would become extremely expensive for us to have to, to do that for such a small project. And in fact, um, my client is going to have to uh, assume the burden of extending site and the utilities in the street down to his property all across beyond the frontage of uh, Tim Tatum's property. So there's a, there's a pretty good surcharge just to get utilities to the property already. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question. I think it's totally illogical to have the two poles there. And you know, if there's a way that we can get get rid of it, that's great. Um, but I don't know that my client can afford to spend twenty or thirty thousand dollars. Nor, nor would you be able to determine if PG&E would be willing to take on the the burden, the financial we burden have to had do a it. We have conversation about that. You can respond well, to it. What have they told you? Uh, Tim Tatum told me they added the pole for his project. So I, I don't. So which pole was added? The one close to his project? No, I think it was the other one. The one, the one that's south. Yeah, and I, uh, that's a, and that's a better one for me to run my underground from. But, but, I don't know what technically is wrong with it. PG&E told me no, it, it has to come from the one, closer to the restaurant, and that's problematic because there's a, a vault there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah right. It's just going to cost me more money to huh. work. And I, I. I can't believe they did that. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the enlightenment on that telephone poll. I don't think there is any enlightenment. Point. <laughs> um, the we don't see a material. We didn't get a materials board, did we? I'm, I'm sorry. Could materials you? board. Um, materials board. We did not did not bring up materials. Board. So for like railings and you know, I, I know what the wood looks like. The I pay or you pay. He pays. I can tell you what they are, but yeah, I, I know. I, but yeah, yeah. okay. So on the um, the railings, how what is what are we looking at there? Is, the it, is it angle iron that's just going to rust out, or what? Powder coated? No, no, they'd be coated. Yeah, they're going to be galvanized, or they're going to be uh, they're going to have a, a baked or floor pod coat. Colors? Yeah. Any colors? Uh, Colors would be essentially, as you're showing here, probably we're going to stick with sort of monochromatic, stick grays, uh, you know, or some versions of that. So we're just, you know, the idea was that the railings themselves would be somewhat darker than the background siding material, so that mm -hmm. there is sort of to set out. Mm -hmm. What you're looking at is two by two steel tube frames, within a cable railing system, essentially in between it to create the what's necessary for them to meet code requirements. Okay. And um, the last question that I have um, has to do with the nature of the work, the kind of work that's going to be going on in the building. Has the has the fire marshal written anything about, have the, has the fire marshal chimed in on this, that metal sculpture is going to be going on and that, I don't know if there's going to be welding going on in there or, or well, going to be gas cylinders in the building? Any of that, no, has any of that come that, up? That, we haven't got that that far. This is a um, where it's it's not really designed right now to be a welding shop. Um, more as a workspace, it would be more conventional, like uh, any other homeowner might be able to do you know, projects in their in their garage. I think that's probably excuse me, sorry, a building permit. Pro that's probably part of the building permit, yeah. not the site plan review. So not I don't think part the of what we're doing here tonight. Right. right. Oh, if okay. I can, okay. If okay. I can weigh in, so this is being looked at as a single-family residential okay. use. Okay. Well, if it I changes from there, then we would look at that. The 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 nature of some of the activity right. going on came up, and it like triggered. Right. Right. So we or. could look at it as okay. either okay. a hobby or a That's home fine. occupation, That's and fine. at that okay. time it could be looked at. I mean, outside of that, I'm I'm impressed with the building. I think I think it it um, it goes well in the neighborhood. It's in the context of what's going on. It's compatible and it's and it's eclectic to to its own extent. And uh, I think I think it it's nice to see that particular lot being filled in. Um, the tree is going to be. I know that's that's going to come up in, in in the future, but it's going to be sort of like a tree grows in Petaluma, you know, for now. <laughs> and other than that, I think I like the project. I think it, I think it's a great looking building, and the parapet is kind of fun for me. I you know that that's up there. It it's kind of tricks you a little bit, but you know. And I don't even know if you would, from from the south side looking at it. I'm not sure that it would necessarily be that visible as just a parapet. But if it is, so what? I mean, you know. 
The parapet, I think it's great. There, there's a bit of a trick there. I mean, yeah, I like it. I, I like the parapet wall yeah, back. Like I like this. the softening that you did with the uh, with the wood on the base. You you created that base. It's uh, it's a nice looking building, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I want one. Can I ask one? Uh, I see a lot of stairs, and and I'm old, and there are some other issues too. But um, so you have to go from outside the first to the second floor then I think you can go inside but I'm not real sure is that to the third floor and some of these staircases in the drawings say they're up or down I don't know if that means you can only go up or down but um, I guess it depends on which way you're facing <laughs> right <laughs> true and turn around before you go down <laughs> so I can get back to a floor plan here well, I'm reminded of one of the planning commissioners when I first came into this game a little bit, named John Mills. He said, this is an aging population, and someday we're going to have to address buildings. There would be no elevator in a building this size, I understand that. But that, I'm, especially with the non-spiral staircase, it just looks overwhelming to me if I were tired. I mean, if I wanted to go to the fourth floor, send a cab. You and Dennis will never be roommates. <laughs> they, could, they, could, they could also put an elevator in. Well, yeah, I don't see where. Kind of, I mean, that place, it's just small. It reminds me of the row houses in Baltimore from a width standpoint, not from your great design, though. But well, we did consider a Put it on the outside. Which, you know, so. Yeah, on the outside, looking in the back. There you go. They get the view up, glass elevator. <laughs> I'm serious, though. Those stairs looked intimidating. You know, they are. Um, you know, there are. They are, and I think they're partly because of the fact that we actually have a fairly high ceiling in the in the garage, and that and that's in part to try to bring that that floor elevation up. So it sort of relates to Tatum's frontage on the other side. We didn't want something that was too low, and we also wanted it to be high enough that uh, if my client was actually creating something that was tall, a piece of artwork, he actually has some space. So we went back and forth on this. So um, it does create. A bit of a walk to get up, and it is, um, you know. Um, but the, the trade-offs were: if we put, you'll see here, in the interior, we have an interior stair that goes to the loft, sort of loft level at the second level, straightforward. Um, you know, and we did consider putting something in the interior. But what that does is, if we put it in the interior, there's nothing left for the parking garage or anything else. It's just too too narrow a site. And it isn't necessarily the first choice, but I think it's a workable solution. Stairs keep you young. <laughs> right. Okay, I just have a question. Um, on the first, you know, prior to this discussion, you know, I'm just looking at the plans, and it appeared, I, the first thing I thought about the garage or the first floor was that it's a livable space, actually. It's got a full bathroom and... Um, you know, easily could kind of build the wall out. So is there any intention to do that? Or is this, I mean, I guess it could be in the future. I mean, it could essentially end up being a three bedroom, right? Two, three bathroom home. Well, it certainly could do that. Okay. I think that would have to be done under review. Right, but that's not the intention at all. I mean, I, that, was, that was my only question, just reviewing well, I think it the in isolation. Is, is to create enough, create space so uh, my client can do his art. Right. Particularly since the back work shed and area in the back is phase two. Once again, we were kind of working with a t budgetary target, and we wanted to give him the, the opportunity to use some, to have some interior space to do his work, and that's the space that uh, that would have to be. And having a ba bathroom there makes complete okay. sense. So I, I'm really impressed. I think it's really cool that you took this lot in this shape and size and. Like I'm reading the words, and this is like the picture encapsulating the words in the CPSP. So I really commend you, and I'm really it's exciting to see you so excited about this. It's quite a challenge, I'm sure, and you probably feel very good as you should about having accomplished this. Um, I mean, I, it's I you know the only issue would just be the parking, and I think we could you know find that it's you know convenient and not a nuisance and totally attractive and the way that you've done it. I think. Whatever you want to plant or not is your business. It's your house. Good, do what makes you happy. But I think that the base that you're providing here is completely consistent with this plan. So I'm ready to entertain a motion unless there's additional comments. Can we open public comment? Oh, right. We forgot about all the public here. I'll open up the hearing. <laughs> Any comments from the public? Okay, seeing none, I'll close the hearing. Thanks. 
Okay, so we're uh, ready for a motion or more discussion. Just no, not not any discussion. I just want um, I just want to go tag back onto what was mentioned about the tree and the potential for that tree. If it ever did come up during the construction period, is there a mechanism for a change in that decision to keep the tree? That's a good question. The way the conditions are worded right now. Um, I just don't want to see the. I don't want to see the, the the project stalled because of some technicality that while well, the can't the tree can't be taken out until the construction is completed because it may be that the if the tree has to be taken out prior to the construction or at some point during the construction, I think it would be it would be a benefit to the property owner and the project to be able to do that. I, don't, I just don't want to see that limited. Mm -hmm. The zoning ordinance requires that we collect the depo a deposit on the tree's value as determined by the arborist. Um, so that's a, that's a general requirement which also applies to this tree again because it falls under those protected trees on the list. So if during construction it uh, we came to find out that it failed or was failing or had some structural root problems that were not foreseen when the arborist report was done, mm -hmm. um, then th I guess actually it's it's pretty in place then because we have that deposit and what and then that deposit is used um, it's it's already written out in the zoning ordinance um, it's either for trees to be replaced on site or if there's not room then you can pay into uh, put that money into an account where the city then uses it to put trees and, and parks or whatnot where so they're you needed. mitigate you would mitigate the removal that's in right place. basically it's already set up via that condition yeah I mean the intention of the condition is to ensure that that the tree is treated kindly during construction um, I'm sorry say that again that the tree is treated kindly during construction that a tongue twister. Well, yeah, but like you said, if they if they run into a, a, a main route right. on this thing and it's underneath where the where the building is going, this, you know, they're going to have to deal with that. Right, and I think the unexpected benefit of that condition is that it basically puts that all into place because it says that um, you know basically it's saying we want it to be protected and preserved, but here's this deposit, and so if some in some way that's not possible, then the city has that money, which is in the mitigation of that tree. Okay. Yeah, I think it'll work nicely. Okay, so there's, there's, a, there's a mechanism for mm -hmm. a, a change in that plan if it's necessary. Yes. Okay. Can I make a motion then, assuming that, Absolutely. that you're satisfied first before I do? Okay, I move that the, um, the site plan and architectural review approve the resolution subject to the attached findings and conditions of approval as stated in the staff report. I don't think there's any exceptions, so do I have a second? Second. Okay, all those in favor? Aye. 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 All opposed? Abstain? Okay, unanimous approval of this project. Congratulations, good Congratulations. luck. Congratulations. Really well done, too. Really well. Okay, our next agenda item, I think, is adjourned, but yes, it is. Can I have a motion for that? You have a motion. So moved. All right, a second? Second. All right, any opposed? Okay, I'm going to take that as we're all in favor, right? Yes. So we're not meeting on the 11th. She was saying that this would have been the date. They have to notice anything. <laughs>